I think that's a little controversial because I think especially with me, people might think that I think it's really important to build great culture at work and, 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 and build that around. I'm actually going the opposite direction. For some people, it just might be best that they are, like you said, the CEO of themselves. They have a gig. Maybe they have two or three, which Hire Rudder makes possible, helps you find fractional work in addition to direct hires. So you, have, you work for two or three different companies. You love what you do, but you turn it off at night. It's not your identity. That was Backstage Capital Managing Partner and Founder, Arlen Hamilton. In this episode, Arlen and I sat down to discuss her perspective on the current state of HR and people operations how she thinks about making investments in the space, how she gauges whether founding teams are truly prioritizing culture in a sustainable way. Uh, we'll also get into some of her own projects, like the origin story of Hire Runner and her latest media series, Your First Million. And we'll be right back with that conversation after a brief word from our sponsor. The Redefining Work podcast is sponsored by my company, Amplify. Amplify connects, develops, and empowers the next generation of transformative people leaders through HR Executive Search and the Amplify Academy Learning and Leadership Development Platform. Our Executive Search practice brings a modern approach to Executive Search by transparent pricing, unique access to emerging and established leaders, and onboarding advisory. Our Amplify Academy is changing how HR practitioners and leaders develop their careers through peer communities, the AI Learning Lab, and Leadership Development Cohorts. Together, these platforms support our mission of building a better world of work by elevating the field of HR. You can learn more at AmplifyTalent.com. Now, on to the show. Hey everyone, welcome to Redefining Work Podcast. I'm your host, Lars Schmidt. Today, I'm really excited to be sitting down with Arlen Hamilton. Arlen is the founder and managing partner at Backstage Capital, and I have a lot of questions, and I, she has so much wisdom to bring this show, so I want to jump right in. And I want to kind of start, Arlen, with your perspective on the, the HR tech and the work tech space from an investment standpoint. So I know your, your firm is invested in over 200 companies, I believe, at this point from a range of industries, but including the work tech space. And so I would love to just get your perspective as an investor. What is your kind of read on the overall state of work technology today? Sure. And I, I should also mention that I'm um, the founder of a work tech uh, company called HireRunner.co, H-I-R-E, Runner.co. Um, so I have like that perspective, too. And um, I'm just really interested on both sides and a couple things. One is just getting people the giving people the ability to curate their careers is what we call it. So giving people the ability or, or investing in ways that people can do this, where it's kind of like what the creator economy has been the last couple of years and uh, just kind of melding that with anybody of any stripe, um, being able to say, when do I work? Who do I work for? Um, and and can that change? You know, can that can that be flexible? Um, the other side of it is something I started thinking about in December of last year when I was looking back at the year, looking at all of the tech layoffs. And then, you know, of course, first few weeks of 2023, we have even more. Um, and I thought, you know, I'm, I'm not really well versed in all like pro sports, but I'm, I'm like learning about sports. So I'm like loving certain, you know, basketball teams and a little bit of football. And what I know is when you get traded, 
like I was start, started liking certain uh, team members. And they're like, no, they're getting traded tomorrow. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that happens. But when you get <laughs> traded, you remain in the league, right? But you just go to a different team, but you're still in the league. And I thought, what if that was what employment in the tech world was like, where yes, you got laid off and yes, that can be traumatic for people. But what if it were made less traumatic if you knew that you had an onboard, you know, a soft landing and within a certain number of days, you were just simply going to be rerouted to another company, maybe something that was smaller, maybe something that was midsize or, you know, just got venture funding or something like that. Um, And you could, you could choose where you wanted to go essentially. And so that's where I've been thinking about it. So when I look at companies to invest in, I'm looking at what are the picks and shovels that would help someone do that with some, something that'll help somebody um, have control of their destiny and, or more control of it and kind of compare them to the creatives that get to do that themselves. Yeah. You know, it's interesting too. I think, uh, and this will be a good kind of transition to higher runner and kind of how that came together. I mean, it sounds like you described kind of the origin story of how that came to be, but I think the timing of it is so interesting because we're, you know, the, the, the era of, uh, gold watches and retirement and spending, you know, decades at a company, are gone. And I think in tech, which, you know, tech up until recently had always been viewed as a pretty stable place to be and, you know, get high income, get equity, uh, have an opportunity to build that kind of wealth. And, you know, now I think employees are going to be taking a much more, uh, you know, needed kind of view about their own development, not necessarily their companies, but like, how can I be a, a CEO of one of my own career and my own development because I can't count on even, you know, the FANG or larger companies that were always viewed as stable to have my back for, you know, years and years and years. So how does that, you know, with that as like the backdrop in the environment we're in right now, tell me a bit more about kind of higher, how Higher Runner uh, works to support employees who are able to kind of navigate through different roles and different opportunities. Yeah, so we started Runner um, September of 2021 originally. And we've pivoted uh, about a year later. And so the current version is much more automated, but we started with kind of an agency model at, at scale uh, that we thought we could scale. And it was only for operations talent because that was the kind of the talent that was overlooked during a layoff or during, you know, you, you could find some more work for the engineers and for the executives, but maybe the operations talent, which is so important was being overlooked. So it was a really great training ground for the, like 12 to 15 months. It taught us so much. We had hundreds and hundreds of runners who were actually employees um, who were matched and, and put into places. And so now the new automated version is taking everything we learned there, opening up to 20 plus different roles because we realized people would come to us from all from solopreneurs to billion dollar companies would come to us and say, hey, this is great what you're doing there. Can you help us find this engineer? Can you help us find this product person, et cetera? So we opened it up to so many And then um, we've just made it kind of this tool that'll help you find uh, who you're looking for, when you're looking for them, connect with them. It takes LinkedIn just a step further, I think. It's a, a much more curated list. And it also keeps in mind the types of companies that the person wants to work for. Because usually when you look at like ZipRecruiter, all, all the ones that I, I don't have a problem with, but you look at them and it's sort of like, here's a job, go find it, you know, go apply for it. But this kind of flips it. This tells the, the, the uh, employer 
like, this is what I'm willing to do. Like to your point, like I have options, even though it's, it's tough in tech, it's forced me and, and individuals to say, we have options now. And because there may not be that loyalty coming from the company, you saw people get laid off after 17 years, 12 years, because there may not be that, we don't know 100% sure what the future will bring. But just thinking about that, I need to be less worried about what it looks like not to take the, 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 the fame job or what it looks like. Like a lot of people make decisions in the past about, okay, does it pay really well? Is it at this, this kind of blue chip company that I can always point to? Now they get to say, actually, what do I like? What drives me? What kind of people do I want to be around and led by? Who do I want to lead? What's important to them at the core? And not just culture, yeah. but like fundamental, what makes this person? And then also it gives people the choice of not feeding into a culture. I think that's a little controversial because I think especially with me, people might think that I think it's really important to build great culture at work and, 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 and build that around. I'm actually going the opposite direction. For some people, it just might be best that they are, like you said, the CEO themselves. They have a gig. Maybe they have two or three, which Hire Rudder makes possible, helps you find fractional work in addition to direct hires. So you, have, you work for two or three different companies. You love what you do, but you turn it off at night. It's not, it's not your identity. Yeah, you know, it, it's like hearing you describe it in that way, I think it's so interesting kind of going what we've gone through collectively over the last couple of years with just the pandemic and everything else. Like people's priorities have shifted, right? They're, they're the way and the way that they prioritize work over other things or no longer has shifted, right? This like hustle grind culture is done. And, uh, and I think it's a good thing. And I think it's interesting too, like as you describe kind of what you're building, it coincides with this period, this broader kind of macro uh, trend in the field of HR where we're thinking more about skills-based hiring and development as opposed to role-based hiring and development. And if we get that right, it shifts things dramatically because if you look at a lot of the ways that companies hire, it tends to be, you know, what have you done? What's your history? And how does that align with what I need you to do? It doesn't factor in, well, what do you want to do? What have you not done yet, but you've always wanted to, you know, use skills that, you know, are transferable and apply them and grow in a different way. It's like, we, we don't think like that. We think about, okay, here's your resume. Here's the job description. How do we connect the two? And so it's interesting kind of learning more about what you're building and how that maybe provides a different avenue for people to think about developing their own careers uh, as opposed to just that traditional, you know, more kind of transactional uh, alignment of hiring. Yeah, because at some point, uh, the companies also, even though they're kind of bleeding um, employees, they have to think about retention because they do need some of them to stay, you know. And one way to think about retention is is having someone um, really love walking into work or beaming into work. And one way to do that is to, to help, help them feed their passions, help them feed into, like, I think it could be really interesting to see like at, at backstage and at runner, we encouraged side hustles, for instance, like, at backstage um, last year for about a year and a half, we had Fridays off 
And it was for some people used it to to just recharge and to get a break with it after everything we've all gone through. And some people used it like that was their side hustle day. They're going to put, put orders together. We had um, my executive assistant, Jamie, she did $100,000 worth of sales of vinyl records with her husband. And she worked on Fridays and Saturdays on that. And imagine if I had told her, like, no, you can't do that. We, we don't allow that because something might take away from what we're doing. She wouldn't have come to work Monday through Thursday so excited and so skilled and, and, and helpful. HR leaders today are under immense pressure to deliver results for the business, navigate new social and business climates, and build adaptable people programs built for these dynamic times. We're often asked to do more with less. The new world of work requires new ways to learn and develop our capabilities as HR and people practitioners. The Amplify Academy was built from the ground up to help people leaders efficiently and effectively connect with diverse learning needs for today and tomorrow. The Amplify Academy provides you with highly curated resources, exclusive content, courses, and a community designed to help people leaders effectively support your organization and each other. There are two components to the Amplify Academy, the Amplify Academy Learning Lab and Community and the Amplify Academy Leadership Development Cohorts. The Learning Lab and Community includes an AI learning platform that includes a range of courses, resources, templates, presentations, reports, and more to support the learning needs of today's HR and people practitioners. The Learning Lab subscriptions also include access to the Amplify Academy Slack community, a purpose-designed community to help you build your network equity and connect, collaborate, and grow your network with peers around the world. The Amplify Academy cohorts are four-week immersive peer learning programs designed to help you build the leadership skills and network you need to lead successful teams in the new world of work. Cohort students learn from world-class guest instructors with past instructors including Katie Burke, Katarina Berg, Lynn Oldham, Pat Waters, Claude Silver, Nellie Peshkoff, and so many more. Want to supercharge your people team? Be sure to check out the Academy for Teams product. It's designed to give your people teams access to all 450 plus resources in the Learning Lab and build their network equity in the Slack community, as well as their leadership ability in the Amplify Academy cohorts. You can learn more about all of this at amplifytalent.com slash academy. Now, back to the show. You know, it's interesting too, because I think another aspect of that is she's picking up skills in that vinyl sales role that she's bringing back to backstage, right? Like there's this other element when people are able to invest some of their time and energy in, in side hustles and projects or things outside the typical scope of their role, that's all skills and expertise they're bringing back to the role. It's new perspectives. It's, it's, it's more kind of enriched uh, thinking and capability, not to mention also just as you did, like they're fired up now because now they get to do like maybe they have one role and it's focused on one side of their brain and they have another passion project that uses the other side of their brain. So it's much more kind of holistic and complete um, for them. You know, with you, I mean, you, you've you've invested in, again, many, many companies. Uh, you've had a chance to really kind of understand founding teams and how they work. And I'm curious, kind of looking back. Are, when you look at some of the you know the big, biggest successes within the backstage portfolio, 
Were there any, you know, ingredients, maybe, you know, with the benefit of hindsight now that you saw in the founding team that uh, that ended up being kind of markers to those companies' success? Yeah, um, definitely. So one of them was that, and I actually picked up on it pretty early, which I was excited about, which is really that pain point, that pain point that they're working on being something that they had a reason. They had a reason. It wasn't just they saw a, a TechCrunch article or they watched the social network movie one day and said, oh, I can make a lot of money by starting this photo site, but it didn't have something connected to them because year two and three, they're usually falling off because it's not there's not enough there to keep them there. So th that through line through some of the most successful on paper right now, successful, but also some of the most fulfilled also that may still be yet to bud. Those are, are to blossom. Those are people who are, you can find a direct correlation to what they're doing based on some experience they had or something that they're trying to um, fix, uh, solve for someone that they care about. So that's really cool. And I still look for that today. Another one is like coachable. I, I can get pretty defensive if, 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 you, if someone tells me that I'm not doing something that I know I'm doing well and they're kind of telling me I'm not. And then inevitably I'll go away for a few minutes and then I'll listen. And I'll like, Actually, now that I hear it, they're probably right. I can get better. So, but I, 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 would, I encourage founders to, like, to know that if I'm asking you a question or if I'm challenging you, it's only because I want, I want it to work. Yeah. If I'm not, it's like, you know, they said the opposite of love is not hate, it's indifference. Like if I don't ask follow-up questions, it's like, it's not interesting enough to me. So I'm going to just, you know, pass. But if I'm asking questions, well, how do you make that work? Well, that doesn't make sense to me. How did Those types of things, if I notice that the person is like thinking through the question and answering it and then some, and not always answering it perfectly and saying, you know, actually I don't know, but that's one of the reasons we launched this is to figure that out. You see those people doing really well today, really, really well today. It's interesting. And I think, you know, if, if for viewers that are out there, I think a lot of people have an idea in their head of uh, this company that one day they'll start or one day they'll, uh, you know, pull, pull the cord on corporate and go out and do their own thing. What, what advice do you have for like first time founders, right? Somebody, and again, maybe, maybe just somebody who has that personal story, that personal narrative that connects to this idea that, that, that they want to create, but maybe they're. They're hesitant, which, you know, it can be scary to, to especially to leave corporate altogether to do that. What, what about you? You've seen that many times over. Like what advice do you have for people? I mean, everybody's going to have their own journey. And I, I don't know exactly what everybody's resources are, but I'll say this, like nobody's taking score. Like no, like you're not going to win any sort of Olympics by running out on your solid, safe job to go and do, you know, do something that's by, by and large, pretty nutty. <laughs> it's a, it's a really big risk. So I would, if I were the person and, uh, you know, I think this will apply to maybe 80%, maybe not everyone, but I would stay in that gig, make sure I have health insurance, make sure that I can pay the rent. But I, I would think of that company as like, they're my first friends and family investor because on the weekends or at night or whenever I'm not working, I'm going to be ideating. I'm going to be talking to potential customers, surveying. I'm going to be seeing if how viable this really is. I'm going to be doing testing and sales and going to conferences and taking courses and all the things, but I'm not going to go out completely without something to jump onto. I, I think Ashton Kutcher actually said this years ago and it just the image of it was really helpful to me. 
um, he said, you know, when you're reaching for the next limb to, as you're going along, like, like say you're going from tree to tree, you don't drop the, the one behind you until you've had a reach of the, the, the one in front of you, right? Or you fall. And so it's okay. It doesn't make you less of an entrepreneur to have a day job. It's okay to have that. In fact, it makes you really savvy and strategic to do that. And then along the way, you will decide, you'll see there is a time to, to go all in. That's really good advice. And I think it's, it's universally applicable depending on what your situation is. Like, because it's a huge risk leaving and starting, you know, there's the success rate. You can look that up. It's not, you know, it's not above 50%. So having the stability uh, and the benefits and all the things that come with that uh, is definitely very smart. Um, uh, last question I have for you. What is bringing you joy lately? We kind of wrap every podcast with a, a lightning round. I'm going to condense that to this one question that we always ask. But what, what is what is something that's bringing you joy lately? Two things. Uh, a newfound love of the Dallas Mavericks. It's my hometown. It's a big I, trade. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Newfound love of the Dallas Mavericks. Um, and just being at, being in the arena when they're playing. And that's really fun for me and my family. Um, and then the other thing is, like, I've been working on Backstage Capital for 10 years now, a decade. And I've been so heads down, just brick by brick, building $20 million under uh, management. And, you know, hopefully I'll 5X that in the next couple of years. And But now, like, when I go out to events and I speak or if I go and, and you know, just go anywhere or just open up like any social or any email every month. There are hundreds of messages that I get from people who say that something I did in 2016 helped them. Something I did in 2019 helped them. Something I said yesterday sparked this thing. So many people, I got a message uh, uh, yesterday or this morning. I can't even remember, but it said that I made an intro four months ago and now they have a new job. And, yeah. and that's outside of higher runner, you know, it's just the, the connections made. And so you just never know what you're creating in your wake, you know, it can be positive. It can be negative. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's bringing me a lot of joy. Cause I'm like, Oh, I could actually live off of that. I could live off that feeling. That's fuel for me. Yeah. That, that is fuel. And they, again, like you're making, making a difference, right? I, I think that, there's lots of ways to measure accolades and different people are driven by different things. But when you know you're making a difference on, on individuals and their lives and their careers, I mean, that's, that's significant. So that's yeah. Yeah. Well, Arlen, thanks so much for coming to the podcast, sharing a little bit more about higher runner and what you're building at backstage capital. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate the time. Thank you so much. I hope everybody will, will check out my book. It's about damn time. I think you'll like it. And also I have a new po video podcast called Your First Million. So check it out on YouTube, Your First Million. I have uh, over a million downloads of the audio version. So we launched the video version recently. That's great. Yeah. And I will include links to both of those in the show notes so you can check those out. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Redefining Work. For more information on the podcast, past episodes, future guests, and more, be sure to check out amplifytalent.com slash podcast. And if you dig this podcast, I strongly encourage you to share it with your CEO, leadership team, and friends to help others discover it. And if you really dig this podcast, I'd love for you to leave a review on Spotify or Apple or wherever your preferred podcast delivery vehicle is. We'll see you next episode.